This is Marvel 616 Politics with your host, Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Good friend Jared Mayo, we meet again. We do. But now that we know that we can say Marvel's freezer burn, freezer burn, freezer burn. <laughs> I apologize for those of you out there who were like, wait a minute, they up to they had two episodes? What what was what's this? We had a scare. We thought we weren't allowed to say Marvel's freezer burn. Yeah. But then found out we could. <laughs> How did you find out that we could? Uh, because I got called back to the set, and the casting director went over exactly what we could say. And we can say we were cast as extras on Marvel's Freezer Burn, and that's it. <laughs> but the first time, the first time we talked with her, she just said we were cast, we could say we were cast on the movie Freezer Burn. But with adding the Marvel's part, I thought it was apropos to use it in the episode. Apropos means appropriate, right? Thank you. Yeah. Ah, ah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, man, we, I haven't talked to you. How long has it been? A little over a month? I can't remember. No. Really? Have we not done an episode for a month? I don't know. It's July 1st. I'm not sure. Well, Jennifer and I filmed in June. Oh, but, you know, we did, we did uh, record before that that uh callback right Maybe so you got called oh june 7th okay so we're under a month okay okay good Whew, thank goodness man when we first started off we were rolling these puppies out a lot faster i know what happened we had an average of like three weeks we need to do this again but now we'll be traveling more man and you had like three kids i i have i do have like three kids no i was up in north dakota was i up in north dakota the last time we talked or no no Dude, I was in the airport, and all of a sudden I get this frantic text from you saying, uh, I wasn't allowed to say Marvel's Freezer Burn. Can we uh, take that down? So all I have is my phone to work with. <laughs> and I'm like trying to take it down. And I fixed you... it. Oh, yeah, I know. That was the relief. I was like, I can take it down, but I can't put something else back up. And you were like, no, man, I got it. I got it. Here I am eating chicken tacos in Denver. <laughs> And I'm like, what? What are you doing? He may not be able to edit a exp- uh, an Excel spreadsheet, but he can edit an audio podcast. <laughs> well done. I'll keep that in mind. You should be doing the editing for this show, not me. Oh, uh, I'm busy. I got to wash my hair. I mean, I got hairs. I got to wash. For real. So you got called back. We did. Okay. So what can you tell us? Anything? Nothing? No. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> the same thing I told you last time. Marvel's freezer burn. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we but got some fun. feedback from the last show from Aaron Chappelle. And he pretty much told me, you know, hey, what are you doing with these long, <laughs> with these long, you know, summaries of the books? <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, I made a concerted effort. I wrote down both of mine. Yes. <laughs> so good i apologize for the lack of i'm like all oh, like okay what are we doing what are we doing and i sit down to do it and i'm like oh i didn't 
let me see. It's a cover, and they're doing it. So, you know. Yeah, no, Aaron, Aaron's a good guy, but he's very honest, and we appreciate that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So what's going on with you? Anything else? Oh, goodness. It's July. No. <laughs> Jackie had a birthday. She's 30 now. Yes, welcome to the club. Wow, yeah. My dad had a birthday. He's, I don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, 32, 33. There was a giant electrical storm in the morning, man. Have you, do you, do you get much uh, lightning and stuff up there? As compared to? Um, like, uh, it looked like a strobe light in our room. Oh, no, we don't. Ain't nobody got time for that up here. <laughs> okay. We don't even take rain. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I have this uh, pear tree that's been slowly dying, and this storm um, killed the last third of it. So I had the Saturday morning without electricity. I had Ugh. to get up and uh, get out there and start cutting it up and everything. Dude, you just like a you're like a, a man's man. You know that a man's man's man. You are like you just hop get wake up one morning. And you're like I'm gonna buy a farm, <laughs> and you go out and you buy a farm and. <laughs> You, you shoot turkeys that attack you, and and you kill bugs, and you mow the yard, and you're out there just like repairing sewage lines, and <laughs> just like when do you? I'm just tired sitting on the couch. <laughs> Makes me tired just thinking about it. <laughs> now, well, this tree fell, and so like my neighbor comes over, who he's the guy that has, you know, he's the guy that's like, what? You live out in the country and you don't have a chainsaw? You live out in the country, you don't have a generator? You know, all this stuff. <laughs> so, but he's nice and he's like going to be 70 soon. So I just, you know, like, no, no, sir. Uh, so I'm cutting the, the tree down with the chainsaw and he's like, ah, chainsaw doesn't look sharp. I'm like, well, I mean, it's probably not. <laughs> he's like, I'll be back. So he rides away in his golf cart and then he comes back and he's got these files. Right. And I was like, well, you know, is it difficult to, to sharpen? He's like, oh, no, it's not difficult to sharpen a chainsaw blade chain i don't know what's called (laughs) (laughs) so he shows me the first couple you know and you have to go each one each link in the chain and you have to sharpen it with the file and so he shows me the first couple and then he's like all right now you do it (laughs) (laughs) and so he sits there watching me for like 45 minutes when i didn't plan on spending this time (laughs) sharpening the chainsaw (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so now, yeah, I mean, it cut a lot better. Good. He's like, you got a file? I'm like, no, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't have, he's like, I got one, I got one. <laughs> he drives off. Oh, man, that's awesome. So I are tr- you going to get one now? I did, I did get one, yes. And how about a generator? Mm, that's a, that's a huge financial commitment. Gotcha. Yeah, so, No. Oh, you might want to break out the bake sale on the lemonade stand. Oh, yeah. Bake sale it up. Oh, man, dude. Jackie, we've we, our garden is exploding. It's fantastic. But we got these cucumbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so we got these recipes for freezer cucumbers or freezer pickles. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. It's like pickling, but you don't need it air sealed or anything like vacuum sealed or anything like that. So you make a brine, depending on the recipe, you put your spices in, and then you put your pickles in, and then you put... How do you the... even know how to pickle stuff? 
No, that's <laughs> books. I don't know. Uh, you're starting to lose a little bit of your man card. No, I don't do it. Miss Jacqueline's doing it. Uh, you know all about it. I ate them. Uh-huh. Anyway, they are delicious. It's fantastic, man. And it, it's uh, pickling is a, is a giant process. you got to, like, boil the jars and everything. This, you don't have to do that. You just you put it in there, you have the brine, and then... Uh, what is it's brine? So, what? What is brine? Brine is like your, you know, your salt vinegar solution. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Said brine? no man ever. What are you talking? No, you, you can brine a turkey and stuff. You don't know this? No, don't try and turn this around on me. We we are doing a podcast, and people are turning in to hear about comics, and they're learning about how to pickle something. <laughs> <laughs> I read Scott a lot of comics in, in North Dakota. <laughs> but they were good? Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> well, can you pickle anything? I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh, I've offended you. I'm sorry. <laughs> So wait, tell me about your comic book room. What is going on? Just a major overhaul. It was, I've run out of room. Wait a minute, so, so the cityscape is gone or what? No, no, the cityscape is staying up and one of the bookshelves is staying up and the the storm area is staying up. But Your shrine, if you will? <laughs> but uh, there's just, I couldn't get in the room. There was so much stuff piled up and on the floor and so we got... Um, three big new shelves, put them in there, and building it back up. I didn't realize how much, realize how much stuff I had. So all this extra stuff, that's going to go to our listeners for contest winners? No, that's a whole... That, the contest stuff is in the guest bedroom. That's <laughs> another stack of stuff. How much stuff do you have? A ton. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, I, I sent him like seven books. And, uh, I mean, that's just the top of the, the pile. So, so what, when are we, uh, when are we doing the next contest? Very soon. Hopefully next week. Okay. And what is it going to be? Well, I got to figure that out. Great responses. It was, it was great. All the different pe- people that, uh, that responded and, and put their, their team memberships together. It was really hard to pick. I don't know how you chose. I wouldn't even know what a best team would be. Seems uh, very subjective. Well, it is definitely subjective. It's like a talent contest. Well, go through it. Like, what was your what was your thought process? Well, first you got points if you included Storm in your well, membership, obviously. and I posted that. And some people still didn't put Storm in, so they automatically didn't win. Maybe they thought they could do a better job. Nope, you can't. Okay. And. Then I just looked at all the different. I liked. I put. I said, you know, tell me your reasons why. So I really love to read, you know, why they would put these people in their group or why they would, how these characters would bounce off each other and, and stuff like that. So people that just put a list of, you know, six people, then I, you know, I chafed them out. And then um, I looked at the what was left, and I just looked at the groups that I thought would be really cool. And that's how I picked. <laughs> so, like, when you say you thought it would be really cool, did you automatically start imagining stories that you can make with these characters? Well, no, that was kind of the people's job that uh, that had entries. Like, Lewis really went ridiculously in-depth about how his six characters would, would interact with each other and their relationships and, and storylines and stuff. I was like, how could I not pick this one? Well, what were, who were his six characters? 
Annie, I don't have that pulled up right now. I'm sorry. I thought, <laughs> I thought you had memorized it. <laughs> no, I, I think he had, I want to say he had like um, some, uh, I know he had Storm. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously that, you know. I thought maybe he had like Havoc and Polaris and Iceman and there was going to be some triangle stuff there and maybe Dazzler. I don't, I don't remember. But I know he had Storm in there and some familial stuff. No. Yeah, yeah. Did he have Scarlet Witch? I don't know. He might have. I if know. I would have known this question was coming, I would have been more prepared. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. all right. Well, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Marvel 616 Politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com. And, of course, you can follow us at Twitter, at 616politics. You can look us up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. Like us there, invite your friends, and just interact with us there. But you can also give us a call as well at 616-755-TINA with questions, comments, witty remarks, and keep it PG. <laughs> keep it PG. Yeah, we actually got we got uh, two voicemails and we got a, um, a bunch of questions on the Facebook page that we're going to try to go through. Um, but first, our sponsors were sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. We don't have July's promotions yet because this is July 1st. Oh, hey. Hey. I forgot to tell you. This is a huge deal. All right. Jared. Yes. Merry Christmas in July. Because we're halfway there? Well, Christmas in July. I mean, it's, you know, it's... It starts today, and it's the whole month of July, so... Oh, well, um, I don't know what that is, but what'd you get me? I, uh, I thought of you. Uh, the Christmas card is in the mail. Oh, no, I sent you a check today. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, I sent you a check, so Merry Christmas. That's better than any crappy card you're gonna give me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Did you send me my book? Um, no. Well, that will be my... <laughs> the Ecstatics Omnibus. And actually, now that I think about it, the check doesn't cover that. Oh, well, that's okay. I went to the post office in yeah. Enon, Ohio, um, and it closes at 4.30. Wait a minute. Wait, is this the one that you don't like to go to? No, I go to this one because it doesn't have the guy that hits on me. Right. And how long has he been working at the post office? Oh, I don't know. I don't have his background. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long has he been hitting on you? You know, how about this? Next time I go, I'll say... Hey, buddy, how long you been working here? Hey, pal. <laughs> Why don't you let me know how long you've been working here? <laughs> so yeah, this should... Uh, he knows you're married, right? Well, I, I don't know. You want me to ask him that, too? Hey, excuse me. Do you know that I'm married? How long have you been working here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing after work? <laughs> I mean, after that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Enon, and they close at 4.30 for some reason, and I got there at 4.38. Oh, well, that's a shame, man. So I'll get it out soon. Well, that's fine. I'm not suffering without it. I still got, I actually have multiple copies of all the trades, so. Yeah, I'm going to be selling mine. You have all the Ecstatics trades? I think I have all but two of them. There's only, well, there's six, I guess. There's six of them. There's five five regular and then one dead girl presents or something, which is not that good. Well, I'll be. It's in. It's in the omnibus. Oh well. Hey, are the Brotherhood issues in the omnibus with Dupe? 
Brotherhood number 789? I don't know. I haven't opened mine yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can't wait, man. For what? For the for the omnibus to arrive. Oh, well, I sense your pressure on me, and I will get it out. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I've waited this long. It's fine. <laughs> you forgot about it, didn't you? I did. I forgot about it. I was like, oh, man, i got to pay Jared. No, no, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, nope. Discount Comic Book Service. If you want to buy your Ecstatics Omnibus for 40 to 50 to 75 sometimes, or actually I've seen 70% off, uh, then go to DCBService.com. They're fantastic. Get all your single issues. You can buy your trades. They have a sister site, InStock Trades, where you can get 35 to 40 to 50% off all your trades. In uh, in-stock trades, anything over $50 is free shipping and handling. And when I say shipping and handling, these people must be certified and have their doctorate in handling comic books. Because <laughs> I have never received a comic book that was remotely bent or the spine broken from these guys. That's awesome. That I don't works. know how they do it. It drives me nuts. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. We should ask them. You know what? We may. Actually, I think Hideous Energy is going to be interviewing Christina, Christine, Christina, uh, from DCBService.com sometime. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh, that would be cool. And we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership at CRPSavings.com. They provide discount memberships to Office Depot so you can save up to 40% on all of your favorite items from Office Depot. Fantastic. Uh, and, of course, go to Comic Codes. We're not sponsored by them, but that's this little side project I'm doing. ComicCodes.com. If you don't know what to do with the digital codes for the books that you buy, go trade them and try some more books. You put in a code, you can get a code and claim it, and you can try some new titles, or you can cut your entire pool list in half. Just don't tell your LCS, that's what you're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Well, all tell right. them to go to comiccodes.com. What'd you say? Or you can tell them to go to comiccodes.com. Well, they could, yeah, they could do that. Sure. Sure. Did I tell you I got my LCS to give me 40% off my books? You did. And tell me how this happened. Okay. So, I told them, you know, I'm buying some books for comic codes and stuff to, to make sure that the most recent codes are in there for the customers. And I was like, all right, tell me, how many books do I have to buy a month to get 40% off? And the guy was like, what? I, did I tell the story already? No. Okay. No. He was like, man, I don't even think I get 40% off. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, well, I know, because I looked into opening my own shop a, a, a long time ago. So, Are you kidding? What? Are you kidding? No, uh-uh. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Wouldn't it be great? Yes. I tell you what, man, if I didn't have to live off of it, I definitely would open a sh up a shop. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. Um, so anyway, it, they're, they're, the more they order, the deeper the discount, especially from Diamond. And I don't know, um, you know, DC has a buyback policy. Marvel does not have a buyback policy. So he was very hesitant. He was like, okay, listen, anything that you purchase, you have to pay for up front, even though you're purchasing two or three months ahead. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. Um, and he was like, I'm, I'm serious because, you know, somebody <laughs> – what? I was just grunting. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, 
somebody has been purchasing, you know, 10 issues of Walking Dead, and every single time he only picks up five, and we got to eat it. And I was like, no, you're not going to have that problem with me. So, uh, anyway, he said, let me talk to the owner. And he got back to me. He finally called me like a month, two months later. And he was like, hey, you remember when you said that you wanted to buy books at 40% off? I was like, absolutely. He was like, yeah, we can do that. I was like, that's great. That's awesome. So I'm buying like probably 100 books a month at 40% off. Whoa. Yeah. So how did you come up with 40% off? Um, <laughs> I want, uh, I can't. The reason why is because I wanted it on equal footing with DCBS. Mm-hmm. And because because, <laughs> because DCBS is such an awesome thing, I didn't want to try to undercut or anything like that, but I wanted to, um, because of the sheer number of books I'm buying, I wanted them that day that they came out. With DCBS, you can you get them uh, for six six dollars and you know twenty five cents or whatever. It's uh, flat shipping and handling one time per month, like at the end of the month. That Wednesday, they send them out. Gotcha. Uh, so they're going to be shipping to you, but you can pay an extra six twenty-five to be to have shipped two times a month, or you can pay an extra twelve to have it shipped four times a month. So that's, I mean, that's really good. Um, but I wanted to go and actually pick up the books, and if I need to change my order and say, okay, I need one less of this or one more of that, you know, um, then then I wanted to have the flexibility to do that on the day, especially if the customers for common codes are waiting for a specific book to hit the shelves. Gotcha. So anyway, I did that and I was really surprised. I, I really didn't think that he was going to um, go for it, but he did. So. And now how? what are you doing with all these floppies? That is an excellent question. <laughs> right now I have a ton of them. I, uh, I have a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> There's a couple ideas I have. Uh, the library, I can donate them to the library system and maybe get a tax write-off. There's a buyback program, not at the comic shop, but at um, a store that's a subsidiary of Books a Million. It's called Second and Charles. Have you heard of this? Oh, my gosh. My favorite place in the world. Okay. There's, There's, a, buy- There's a buyback program. Um, but I only get like, you know, 40 cents a book. Yeah. So, um, I'm still looking at my options here. I'll probably give a lot of them away. To who? Like the homeless? They're going to be, yeah. Here, clothe yourself with this latest issue of Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. If anybody has any ideas what to do with all these books, I have, um, by the end of this whole thing, I'll have over a thousand, um, that I've already ordered. So, well, what do you mean? That's I was serious. Who do you mean giving them away? Well, the, <laughs> there's a guy, there's a there's a teen at church who likes them. Uh, so I give him some. There, the pizza guy that I go to, I always throw <laughs> him like twenty comics every time I go there for a pie. <laughs> Sometimes he gives me free cheesy bread, you know. Oh well. <laughs> so. There's a kid um, <laughs> that I give the all-ages stuff to um, at the Chinese restaurant. Oh, my God. There's, uh, you know, yeah, there was a kid. There was a kid who was in a, a chemical accident down here, and he was in the hospital for, like, weeks on end, and I gave him a bunch of books. 
so random. You know, what, whatever I can do with these things. Hey, anywhere I go and get food, I give them comic books. I mean, it's a barter system. <laughs> what in the world? Do you, do you eat out a lot? <laughs> no, I don't. I just... Sometimes I'll go in there and just drop it off, and they're like, do you want a pizza today? And I'm like, no, not today. We're cooking dinner. What in the world? <laughs> Dude, I went to the comic shop. I bought probably 20 issues of Wolverine. They were a dollar. Jason Aaron's Wolverine. Uh-huh. And then and then I was like, oh, you know who would really like this? <laughs> Before I even got home, I uh, I took him to the pizza place. <laughs> in the world i don't know it's a sickness <laughs> choose your experience choose your flavor what what did you just play what is that is that you no that's you Peppermint. how is that me my god stupid by your senses what <laughs> what is that i don't have anything with five gum on my screen i don't either man <laughs> We're also sponsored by Five Gum. <laughs> I don't see anything. I have just a couple tabs open, but ones are. It's, I don't see anything here. Dude, I only have eBay open. I have. Oh, ridiculous. Okay, that's not. That's not us. It's not. It's not me, as far as I know. Maybe Skype has advertisements now. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> In the middle of your conversation. That's right. Hey, have you chewed? Hey, is that you? <laughs> Did you chew the gum? I don't chew the gum. <laughs> oh, that's awful. All right, so we're done our sponsors, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Andy will be providing comics for the next contest. <laughs> I might. They're all... <laughs> yes, but them the, the digital codes <laughs> have been ripped out, so... No, I'm just messing. Okay, so... Cool. Let, let's go to the voicemails, huh? Do it. Okay. Uh, first up, Aaron Chappelle. Hello, this is Aaron Chappelle, and I was just calling, and I have a question. Based on the events currently happening in Avengers and New Avengers, um, what do you predict will be the purpose and storyline behind Infinity, and how will it end? What will be the ramifications? That's all. Peace. Alright, so Jared Mayo. Infinity. The ramifications, the purpose, the story arc. What do you think, man? Um, I think it's a lot has to do with, you know, the whole Thanos and Chitari being reintroduced, well, Thanos being reintroduced to the Marvel Universe and uh, introducing the Chitari into the Marvel Universe. Um, I think, you know, the storyline behind it, you know, is what we know is, you know, Thanos is going to present this danger off world. So all the Avengers head out and then he's going to attack Earth and, you know, the Luke Cage's team is going to be here to, to battle them. I don't I don't know necessarily what. uh ramifications it's going to have it's kind of like with any of them you know how much how much does fear itself or heroic age or age of ultron and you know how much do they really play on the status quo afterwards i think it's a, a probably just a, a really good way to get thanos back into being established as a big bad guy uh, kind of like you know what the infinity gauntlet infinity war series did 
you, are you do you think we're going to see the Infinity Gauntlet a lot? Mm-hmm. I do. I think so. So the gems are still hidden, though, right? By the Illuminati? Yeah, those they still have those. It's like, I know Beast got professors when he died. Now, I think that um, with Infinity, it, do you think it's going to have to do with the, the multiverse being, the space-time continuum being cracked? I don't think so. Tom Brevoort said that it doesn't really, Age of Ultron doesn't really lead into anything with Infinity. Yeah, but I can't. I can't believe that, though. I mean, Infinity, that to me, it's like infinite possibilities, and that's the multiverse. Don't you think? I mean, it could. It could. But I think, I thought Infinity was just more of, you know, outer space crap. Well, uh, there's going to be two fronts. I think Brevoort said that Thanos yeah. is Thanos is only like one half of the, the problems that they're going to face. Yeah, he's got like a whole crew. Well, I meant one half as in there's going to be that crew and then another threat. Well, what are your thoughts about it? I don't know. I mean, I th- I really thought it was going to spin out. Like, even though they said it wasn't going to spin out Age of Ultron, I really thought it was going to deal with um, the, the multiverse or the space-time continuum being broken and how they're going to... You know, I, I was thinking that we would see a, a bunch of crazy crossover. But see, that doesn't sound like Hickman's style, though. You know, Hickman seems like very calculated and, and uh, formulating in a good way about a giant story that he's going to tell and not necessarily bring in a bunch of, you know, craziness. Like, we'll get to Age of Ultron book 10 later, but I mean, it showed the the zombie universe and everything, you know? Yeah, it showed a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it has nothing to do with that, but I fear and I think it probably will have something to do with that. I don't know. Tom Brevoort's a pretty honest guy. (laughs) That man is so honest (laughs) with fiction stuff. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I wish we had a better answer for you, Aaron, but I'm looking forward to it because it's Hickman. Now, do you think that Hunger is going to play a part in uh, Infinity? No. I think Hunger's going to be just Galactus versus the Ultimate Universe. Are you going to read that? No. Not at all? Uh, I might flip through it. Don't you have? Do, aren't you? Aren't you interested in the Galact the six one six Galactus? Yeah, but I don't really like the ultimate stuff. Right, like, you're Spider-Man. not going to follow the six one six character into the ultimate universe. Uh, no, I'm thinking he's going to just destroy it. Do you? Well, that's who's who said that? Did Aaron say that in the message that he thinks that? Uh, no, that was on the on the Facebook page. Somebody's just gonna destroy the ultimate you, and then like we're gonna port Miles Morales back over here. Yeah, and I I definitely agree. I think that I this is what I think at least is that the ultimate lines have kind of run their course, and Galactus is gonna go over there, destroy stuff. But you know, Miles Morales and maybe a couple others might come over to this to the six one six. That's what I think is gonna happen. Wow, I think that's. I don't think that they would do that. I think that they would stop the line before the... Well, mm, maybe not. They might salvage a character and say, no, this is a good character, let's bring him over. That would really... I think I would stop reading the ultimate line, like the ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, you're saying you think someone from 616 would come over to ultimate? No, 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 no. It was Michael Ball. Here. Do you think Galactus will be the death of the ultimate universe with the only remaining interesting characters like Miles being ferried over to the 616? And you don't think that's going to happen? 
I didn't even think about it until I read this. I, I thought, but it scares me. I don't want that to happen. They're kind of giving up on the 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 ultimate universe. Oh, because they've just they've killed half the universe. They've killed half the people in it. The stories are kind of boring now. It's it's always been pretty boring. Yeah. I mean, I like the Ultimate Spider-Man, but other than that, I, I haven't been able to get into any of it. Well, so that's what I'm thinking, is that they're just going to take him, bring him on over, and maybe one or two other characters. You got all echoey. Did you sit back, buddy? No, I'm moving upstairs. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're podcasting on the move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there was supposed to be a sequel to Spider-Man, you know, Bendis, where, uh, where Peter Parker went into the 1610. Mm-hmm. And so that may play a part in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Kevin McVickers. Hey, guys, this is Kevin McVicker. I was just uh, calling to leave you a little question. Um, what creative team and doesn't have to be a team that normally works together have you always wanted to see on your favorite book so just wondering what y'all thought about that all right looking forward to hearing the show guys all right man dream teams what are your dream teams on your books you you go first i went first last time i got six of them Oh my word! I have two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'll I didn't do know we we're supposed to do the whole universe. I ju- I couldn't stop. Okay, first and foremost, I would love to see Bendis and Diodato on the Sentry. Oh gosh, that would be an that would be an amazing book. It would be. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Are you mocking me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, I would love to see uh, Brian Reed come back to comics with Ryan Stegman on Peter Parker Spider-Man. Who, who are they? Brian Reed, uh, he did the Ms. Marvel title. Okay. And he was kind of he was the one that was writing how Ms. Marvel was interested in Peter Parker and vice versa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ryan Stegman uh, is the artist on superior spider-man okay yeah so i would love for them to do a peter parker spider-man because i think brian reed could pull off the characterization okay uh i would love to see zeb wells and lupacino on ms marvel lupacino have you seen lupacino's art no the x she did x factor uh when regenesis was going on she was with with peter david Oh, it's fantastic. That's she, wild. That you must have really liked it if you can remember. She yeah. is very good. Mm, okay. Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> okay. Um she does a man, she does a mean uh Felicia Hardy. Okay. Okay. Um Kyle and Yost and Malieve on Moon Knight. Why Moon Knight? Because Malieve's stuff on Moon Knight was really good. I think maybe Malieve on uh, on Iron Fist would be awesome. Is he the artist or the writer? 
Maleev is the artist. He's the one you don't like. I was going to say. Daredevil? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, how about this one? Uh, Aaron, Jason Aaron, and Jock on Venom. Who's Jock? Jock, he, uh, he's got some upcoming Marvel stuff, but he's done a lot of DC stuff recently. He's done Batman, like a few Batman covers with uh, Scott Snyder before the New 52. Oh, see, I don't, I don't look at DC stuff. Oh, it's his, uh, his art. Look him up, Jock. Look him up. J O C K. Yep. Okay. He's French. He's French. <laughs> and then lastly, I think Paul Jenkins, who said he's never going to work for the Big Two again, and Francisco Francavilla on Cap, Captain America. Who, who's that? Who's Captain America? Yeah, who's Captain America? Who is Francisco Francavilla? Yeah, he was doing the art when the Black Panther took over Daredevil's took to, took over Hell's Kitchen. Oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> he did the cover to that Daredevil where Daredevil was getting sucked into the the mud from uh, from Mole Man. Uh huh. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely, yeah. Okay, he did that. Very talented artist. Extremely. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. So there you go, McVicker. Now let's hear let's hear Jared. They're just like such random picks, Andy. These are no, I thought of all my favorite writers and who they would fit well with the character and what kind of tone they would do, and then I put a good artist with them. Well, I would have probably put Jeff Loeb on Sentry. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> when I sat down to make this list, all I could think about is Jeff Loeb. And I was like, get out of my head. No, you're not on the list. <laughs> it's like, but I am on the list. <laughs> yeah, I would probably, I would do Jeff Loeb and my nine-year-old niece on Sentry. <laughs> that, that's just rude. No. Um, I just picked, I just thought it was, I guess maybe I didn't, I thought the question was on your favorite book, not every book, but, so I went with uh, Joe Matarera and Chris Yost on X-Men, and Todd McFarlane and Chris Claremont on X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Todd doing assistant writing, or the artist? No, he, Todd would... Todd would write. He could okay. Todd and Chris could do uncla- uncanny, and Joe and Yost could do regular. I don't know, man. Like adjectiveless. Yeah, that's a lot of. I can only take Joe Mad stuff on peripheral books. It's just way stylized in your face. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I go back to his uncanny stuff and. I mean, did you did you ever look at any of those books that I had sent you for Christmas? Yeah. Which one? Like, Why well, I, I remember I sent you Uncanny X-Men 325 or Storm Battles Marrow in the and the uh, oh, Morlock Tunnels. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his the story is great with Scott Lobdell and just Joe Mad's art is just perfect. Just I'm going to go I'm going to go back and look at that. 
just gorgeous. Did how long was his run on Uncanny? Or was he? I'm trying to think if I have any of the trades. No, it was very short, very short. And but they did put out a trade, um, uh, X Men Joe Madureira, <laughs> and it collected his his issues. When was this? I don't remember this. Uh, this was back before Marvel really got their trade programs up and running. Gotcha. So they just had a few back in the uh, mid to late 90s. Hmm. But those, those would be my two. Yost could write anything, and of course Chris Claremont, the father of the X-Men, and then Joe Mad is just... I love that art. And then, of course, Todd McFarlane. You know, he could, he could draw fruit and people would buy it. That's That's true. Um, are you reading uh, Scarlet Spider with Yost? I just read the last issue. The last issue, the last two issues were pretty good. Oh, I just read the last issue because Storm was in it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that, I gotta that, say, that I even showed Jackie this. Um, I, I opened the page up and I was like, look at that skyline. She was like, yeah. And I was like, what does that look like? And she's like, I don't know, a skyline. I was like, that's New Orleans. And, uh, she was like, oh, yeah, and we started picking out buildings, like one of those buildings that's in the oh. skyline. Uh, my dad worked in that building for like 30 years. Huh. So, I mean, I, I I don't know. I was impressed. I, they look at pictures. I just thought when it's the skyline, it's just a bunch of buildings that, you know, they just chose. But yeah, he did his research. Yeah, what a great attention to detail. Well done, well done. And everybody says that his that that book is amazing. It's it's pretty good. It's not as good as like Kyle and Yost, mm-hmm. their stuff. Um, and it's it's definitely not as good as X Force because that that was top notch. Yeah. But it's it's pretty good. It's all right. I think it's awesome that you love that so much, even though you didn't necessarily know all those characters. It just proves that the writing stood on its own. What the X Force run? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it definitely was. I, I mean, but the the art really filled in the gaps for me. Yeah, it was. It was Clayton Crane, and then who was the other guy on it? Was it Paco Medina? Probably, yeah. Maybe we'll say it was. I mean, if it wasn't, who would know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sure, someone will find out and post it on. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at you, Aaron Chappelle. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I've, I tried. I strived to get my summaries as good as they could be for Aaron. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Nick Taylor has a question on the Facebook page. Will Marvel events ever be epic again? What do you think? Well, that's kind of a broad stick question. What do you think? What would make them epic? Yeah, what would make them? I mean, what would be an epic cross I mean storyline of the past. I think that I think if they did an event every 3 to 5 years, just one and the stories were all leading up to it but you didn't know how and then they all meshed together at the very end and you were like, "Oh, they've been planning this for 5 years." Then it would be like that. But all the books meshing together for, you know, 9 months and then, "Oh, summer event." I can see how it, you know, it it really locks the writers into a storyline that they might not want to tell, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the problem that DC's been having. They, I mean, it's all editorial, and everybody's been saying, I can't write like this. I can't even tell the stories I want to tell, because I'm supposed to be working toward, you know, whatever's going on over there. Yeah, and P- I mean, I read a couple interviews with people on uh, the DC books and how they had said that 
they had written something and then as it's going to press editorial comes down and says you need to change it and i forget who it was somebody was writing a title and they said six times they had to totally change the book so they just quit i think that was i think that was oh it wasn't paul jenkins it was a paul jenkins writing partner who was it on the dark knight he does the art was it brian hitch maybe no not brian hitch he couldn't do that and do five pages of age of ultron at the same time no this was this was a while ago. This was when it first started coming out. Yeah, the new 52. Yeah, so know. that was, I mean, that was over a year ago, man. No, I, I, th- I agree that, uh, you know, the the crossover, the big event every, you know, six to 12 months is just ridiculous. It's way too much. And Marvel keeps saying that it's what the fans want, but I don't believe that for a minute. I, I totally would agree with, you know, let, let let's understand the status quo. Let's breathe on it for a little bit. Let's flesh out some things. Kind of like with Dark Rain. I thought Dark Rain did a pretty good job of that. And then we got to flesh out Norman Osborn running the place. The event, the whole status changed for all the books. I would have been happy, you know, with maybe that lasting three to six months longer than what it did. But I thought that was a, a pretty decent establishment of status quo until we built up to something you know, new with the heroic age and, and what have you. But I don't know. I'm torn on stuff like that. I like to see actual lasting effects, but if they don't have a, if they don't have a, a companion title, then I start missing it. And that, I think that's the problem with Dan Slott's run is that it doesn't have a companion title where it's Peter Parker, you know, and I know they're trying to do that because they want to keep it a mystery whether or not he's even coming back or not. And so you have avenging Spider-Man and, and Avengers even where it's, Doc Ock, but you know, if I want to see the ramifications of something, which is good, you know, we kind of see that in you know, what do we in Age of Ultron with Captain America and everything, but yet he still has his own title. Mm-hmm. Iron Man still has his own title, so that you can love that character and really be invested in that character without being invested in the event, but yet the events still have some sort of ramification or impact. Yeah, like um, Secret War. Secret War was not the the latest Secret War, but the original 80s Secret War. It was really good because it was a 12-issue miniseries. It was epic in that it featured anybody, you know, the top 20 most popular Marvel characters, took them all off-world to battle the 20 most popular villains. And then after that was over, you know, Spider-Man was in a black outfit, the whole symbiote thing. That lasted forever to Venom, and, you know, you still see that today. Uh, you know, Colossus and Shadowcat, they they cut off their relationship. Like, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that that you can continue to see, and it was still epic, and it didn't take, it didn't stop those side stories from happening in their own titles, you know? I agree. But that, <laughs> well, good. But that's it. I just agree with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael Ball has some other questions. What series would you like to see revived and retweaked? Well, Andy, what would you like to see revived and retweaked? Well, I mean, I kind of already went through them. I would love to see a Century series. I would love to see Peter Parker Spider-Man. That's the one I want to see come <laughs> back. Uh, and then I would love to... Do you, you have no idea how happy I was when they did that Peter Parker Spider-Man whatever point one. You know, 58.1, do you remember last year when they did that? They did Spectacular, or, or Sensational, and Peter Parker, and, 
You remember? Yeah, did, we, did we review that? We did actually review that, yeah. Oh. And um, so I was so happy to see it. It had nothing to do with the other one, but just having that title on there, I was like, it gave me hope. Like, now I'm set for another 10 years hoping. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I would love to see the, the Ms. Marvel series retweaked um, back to what it was, not what it is now. Ugh. <laughs> it's, it's bad. But it has a big, big following. Does it really? Dude, there you... are, there are like, this whole there's a whole group I forget what they're called of men and women that follow this book and support it and they all dress up like her and it's like got this cult following behind it. It's not that good. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm just I'm just telling you the likes I sees it. Calls it like I sees it. Mm-hmm. All right, how about you? Which one revived and re- retweeted? Um, I think the original Thunderbolts. I think that was an excellent idea of, you know, getting the Masters of Evil, but they're really disguised as uh, as new superheroes after the whole onslaught battle. I thought that was just a great premise, and it was really, really good. You know, Kurt, Kurt Busick and all that stuff. Um, just not what Thunderbolts is today. So I would love to see that, something like that. Um, revive that idea you know, with different villains or whatever. Um, and, you know, I really like the Generation X book back from the 90s, and I think there are a billion new X-Men kids that would be easy to put together, you know, a, a good running X-Men school. I, I like that. Yeah, but that's what you, I mean, first of all, they've tried that several times, and then secondly, that's kind of what you get with Wolverine and the X-Men. Well, Wolverine and the X-Men is really, it's kind of like what you've said before, it's all over the place, as it really is. Generation X, I like that because it was just Banshee and White Queen, and they're eight students, and they didn't, they they once in a while would have interaction with the X-Men or whatever, but, you know, they were in another state, they had their own set of villains, their own thing going on, and I feel like they've, they've tried it a couple different times with some different characters, but it's, they're always still at the school. They, you know, you can always throw Wolverine in there to get sales up. But Chris Bacallo and Scott Lobdell had a really good thing with those, those that small cast of ten, and having them away from everybody else was really good. It sounds like you want Sean McKeever to write a Young Allies, but with oh, but with mutants. Barf. <laughs> Barf. I forgot him on my list. Well. No one would read it. <laughs> I, I actually would love to see another. Um, this isn't six one six, but I would love to see another Sean McKeever run on um, Mary Jane. Uh, Spider Man loves Mary Jane. Oh, Andy, why did you even read that? Oh, it's fantastic. Have you read it? <laughs> no. It's really good. Oh. It's really good. I'm probably not gonna read it. I I know that. I, know. <laughs> I have all the trades, so if you want them. <laughs> you haven't given them out to any any uh, Taco Bell people? No, because those I want to keep nice. Oh, okay. All right. What what do you think the fate of Bullseye is after the events of the recent Daredevil? Did you have you been reading that? No. No. And actually, I haven't read the last two issues, so I don't know. Um, I guess Bullseye comes back. Yeah. Well, isn't he kind of the bad guy in the Wolverine and Elektra thing going on right now? Where is that? What what title is that? The book that, that Joe Matt is drawing. 
Oh, oh, the Savage Wolverine number six. Yeah. Bullseye's in that? I thought he was the villain. He was dead. I gotta go back and read that. Maybe I didn't read that. Oh, we look like we have junk all over our face. Yes, well, I don't know what's going on with Daredevil. I can't get into Mark Waid's Daredevil. I read 25 issues, and I, and I it's, it's not doing it for me. Well, that's because the 26th issue was the best. Obviously, it, it was double-sized and overpriced. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, last question. If you could experience a week of any hero, who would it be? Same for villain and same for supporting cast. Goodness gracious, those are three questions. Michael, come on. <laughs> All right, who who villain, hero, and supporting cast? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think for villain, it'd be Arcade. Why? Because he runs Murder World. <laughs> <laughs> you want to murder people? Is that what I just said? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I'm not saying I agree with his morals and ethics and all that stuff. It's just spend <laughs> a week, right? <laughs> Spend a week like I'm job shadowing. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so job shadow with Arcade. And probably Wolverine for the hero, because I want to know how he does everything in every title all the time. You want to know behind the scenes, the off-panel, how he runs back and forth? <laughs> yeah. Like, what in the world? When does he sleep? When he's got all these costumes and he's off the world, but he's in the past and in the future at the same time. It's really weird. Um. And- what was supporting cast? Was that the next question? Yeah, supporting cast. Oh, supporting cast. Uh, probably Wolverine and the X Men. Those kids are crazy. Could you just be all the kids. No, be with them. Isn't that what the question was? No. Which supporting cast member would you want to be? Like MJ or, you know, whatever. Which one do you want to be like? No. Which one would you want to be, for a week? Oh, I just thought I was job shadowing them. No. <laughs> no. Oh, well, then you're going to have to come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> okay, hero, I would want to be Spider-Man uh, for a week. Um, villain, I would want to be probably Venom. And supporting cast, if it's a mutant, I'd want to be dupe. <laughs> if it's if it's a regular person, I probably would want to be Mary Jane. Either Nora Winters or um Robbie Robertson's son, Randy. Randy. I remember Randy from the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. That tombstone was giving him a hard time. So oh yeah, he was. <laughs> Um, I think I think that's it. <laughs> good, good choices. Thank There's you, thank you, Spider-Man Come, guy. Coming back to you. Kind of weird that you want to be Nora Winters, but whatever. You know, you whose favorite characters are Tina Turner and Storm. And do I want to be them? No. You just you like you like to. Yes, you do. You want to have great legs. <laughs> I do have great legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to be Tina because my legs are fantastic anyway. Um, for hero, I think I'd pick Havoc. For villain, I'd pick... 
uh, Mr. Sinister. Right. And for supporting cast, I'd be Lockheed. Oh, good. Yeah. All males. Lockheed, that's debatable. <laughs> no, it's not. Those are all males. Lockheed? Yeah, Lockheed had a girlfriend. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's. <laughs> good job, Michael. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> keep... Hey, keep the questions coming, okay? And keep the voicemails coming. Well done. All right, let's uh, let's go to the State of the Union very quickly. The State of Our Union. All right, State of the Union. Basically, we're talking about the Marvel uh, movies. And... The big news is Robert Downey Jr. for signed up for Avengers two and three. Woo! Any thoughts on that? That's great because he's the man. That's fantastic. I think it's interesting he didn't sign on for Iron Man four. Why do you think that's interesting? Uh, because he's, I think you know when you're when you've got that whole movie on your shoulders, it is kind of taking a whole lot. You know that's a that's a big burden and. So he's like, you know what, I'll do it with an ensemble cast, but I'm not doing a whole movie by myself again. Especially after it was the fifth biggest movie of all time, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I don't think that... I mean, he's going to do another movie, just not another Iron Man movie. So I don't know what the difference would be. Oh, no, the difference is that he doesn't have as much responsibility. He gets to share the time. It's not... No, I mean the next time he stars in any movie. Yeah. So I don't see what the de- the big deal is because he's going to star in another movie, not a Marvel movie. I'm just like, I mean, what does it matter if he's shouldering the entire burden? He's going to eventually do that, right? I don't know. Maybe Avengers 3 will be his last movie ever. <laughs> maybe. I that That's kind of cryptically sad. I, I think part of it maybe had to do with him doing it for the others who want to do Avengers. And that, you know, maybe he he's just kind of ready to move on from Tony Stark. You know, he wants to be Sherlock Holmes for another movie, but maybe not necessarily have the whole Iron Man on him. Right. Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. What do you think? Um, I'm happy he signed on. I knew he would. It was just, a, I mean, Disney's not going to let it fall apart. So whatever he asked for, they, he probably would have gotten. So it's totally worth it for them because it's such a huge moneymaker. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that we didn't have to go and, and really look at other options. That would be terrible. Well, it might not be so bad. Kind of like James Bond, you know? In the middle of a series, though? Like, James Bond, they're, they're, some of them are standalone movies, most of them. But this is, you know, in between Avengers 1, 2, and 3. But what about Avengers 4, 5, and 6? You know, what, what, what do you count as the middle? I don't... I don't think there's going to be an Avengers 4, 5, 6 because eventually they're going to... I was thinking about this driving home the other day. Eventually, they're going to have to reboot the entire thing. They're not going to go Phase 4, Phase 5, Phase 6, you know? Like, because the actors, they're not going to be able to use those characters. They're eventually going to have to reboot something like they rebooted Spider-Man. So I think that their plan is Phase 1, Phase 2, Phase 3, and then wipe it clean and then start totally fresh. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Well, when you think about it, man, it's going to be over 15 years. Yes, but we've we've recast Bond how many times? 
without a reboot? I don't know. You, know, you don't you don't have to necessarily tie into what happened. You know, you're you're filming Avengers t- 10. You don't have to look back and remember the Chitari in Avengers 1. You don't I don't think you have to do that. You just have to realize they happened, but you don't have to kind of like the comics, you know. Yeah, but how long how long can you go in the franchise before people are like, "Oh, great, another one?" Well, uh, so far with all the Marvel movies, people can't get enough. Kevin Feige did a, a interview this week, and he said that with the amount of money that the movies have made, they now have enough of a surplus that they want to put out between three and four Marvel movies a year. Oh, that would be fantastic. They said two summer blockbusters, um, maybe something more family-friendly, uh, like in September, October, and then another title around Christmas. Wow, so three to four? Yeah, that's what he said. Good night. And rumor has it that Doctor Strange is going to be the next Iron Man. Yeah, what does that mean? That they're going to build a tent pole. I think they're going to build stuff around him, you know? And look at the comparisons, you know? They're very much alike. Couldn't you see Robert Downey Jr. putting on a red cape and saying he's Doctor Strange, you know? He's a playboy. He's a loner. And then he gets part of a team. I suppose it's harder for me to, I mean, you have the magic versus the technology thing. And to me, superheroism is a lot different than magic, but it could be, could be argued that it's a lot different than technology too. So I don't know. It's I mean, he may be a temple player, but they're going to build phase three around him or like beyond phase three. Well, I meant, I meant they're very much the same character as a, except for powers, you know, powers, definitely they're different. Right. And I don't think they're building Phase 3 around him, but they're building him up to be the next, you know. I mean, Phase 1 had a lot to do with Iron Man 1, Iron Man, but so does Phase 2. But right now, Iron Man is like the mar- the face of Marvel movies. So I think they're looking to make Doctor Strange the next face of Marvel movies. Hmm. That's such a weird character to choose. I mean, I understand the the similarities, but... You know, it's not a household name. I guess Iron Man wasn't a household name. Mm-mm. Well, and you kind of wonder, you know, who who would you pick? You know, that isn't in the Fantastic Four, X Men, or Spider Man. Do you right. go back with Daredevil and Ghost Rider or Namor and Black Panther? You know. Yeah, that'd be tough. So I, I mean, know. I would out of that, I would pick Daredevil. I would too. I would too, but maybe they're looking for, I don't know, maybe the magic part. Of the Marvel Universe? It's going to be... I mean, I assume it's going to be pretty dark. I mean, if you have Dormammu and... And, uh... What's that guy's name? Lord Bordo? Or Bardo? Baron Mordo. Thank you! Baron (laughs) Mordo! Well, see, what will happen is they'll have Baron Mordo, and then an hour into it, it'll just be an actor that was playing Baron Mordo. Right? I'm with you. That's what they'll do. <laughs> and then and then they'll turn out to be a hand puppet for Dormammu. <laughs> and then just all of a sudden they'll turn into a giant sock and fall down. Yes, Dormammu is like the guy behind the curtain in Wizard of Oz. He's just got a smoke machine and some lasers. <laughs> lasers. <laughs> all right. What about the, let's see, dates of, of Marvel movies released? Now, I think they released two dates, or they... they 
Yeah, they released two dates and then they came back like a week later and released a third. <laughs> I know. So is that is that what happened, or do you have any info on this? I mean, that's that's what happened. I think, <laughs> I think it's Doctor Strange and Black Panther, and I don't know what the other one. Ant Man, maybe. No, I, I think Ant Man has a release date, so I don't know. You think Black Black Panther is it? One of them? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. What Stan- makes you say that? Well, they've talked in the past about that, and uh, Stan Lee did an interview where he said Marvel told them that Black Panther was a go. <laughs> he probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Stan. So, well, that'd be very interesting. I mean, I, I figured that one of them was going to be, um, you know, one of them's going to be Doctor Strange, but I didn't know what the other two would be. I mean, unless it's another, if, unless it's Thor 3 or Captain America 3. Yeah, it could be those two. Yeah, but do you think that they, well, I mean, they could turn around and make one. What? Make what? They they could make one that fast. From well, I mean, aren't the dates 2016? Are they? Yeah, probably. Are I they? Mean, no, I thought it was 15. Hmm. Are you looking this up? No. <laughs> okay. All right. I heard some jostling, and I thought, oh, all right, I'm... what do you think about this? Vin Diesel was approached by Marvel. Yeah. What the heck, man? Okay. First and foremost, I've always said that he should play Venom. And then secondly, when he didn't, when it was Topher Grace, <laughs> Topher oh. Grace would have made a way better Peter Parker. And then yeah. you get you get Vin Diesel to play Venom. That would have been a great story. Agreed. 100%. Oh, Sam Raimi, where are you on that one? I was sitting right here. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, well, Vin Diesel would make a great Drax, the Destroyer. But they already cast somebody, right? Yep. Somebody okay. named Batista? Yeah. Ivan Batista. His name is Ivan Batista? Mm-hmm. Didn't we go to school with a guy named Ivan Batista? Did we? <laughs> yes! Is his name Ivan Batista? Maybe that's who I'm thinking <laughs> It of. can't be. It can't be. All right, we will do a quick Google search. Dude, Ivan Batista was the kid that was always up on stage. He had, like, bushy hair that was always in his glasses, inside his glasses. I know. his. I know his brother. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no way. What is it? What a coincidence. Yeah, Ivan Batista is a female model. Ivan? Kev- yeah. Yvonne. Yvonne. Here we go. Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. That's so weird how your mind. I'm, I haven't even thought of that kid for like. Seven years. And now, because I'm sure he's a listener, he's going to call us up and be like, hey, what, what up? <laughs> All right, so who do you think, Vin, uh, what do you think they want with him? I mean, obviously, to direct the film, right? <laughs> I think he would play a pretty good um, man-ape as a villain for Black Panther. Ooh, yeah. Now, but is that politically correct? Can we can we socially have that in a movie? <laughs> Well, Black Panther could be white for all we know. No, but no, I mean Manape. Oh, yeah. I because don't know. there was, uh, I'm not trying to be funny here, but that book, um, The Untold Story of the Marvel Universe or Marvel, whatever that, you know, and they were saying that um, there was a lot of very stereotypical, insensitive 
borderline racist stuff going on in the early days of the Marvel U, and that's when Manape was created. And gotcha. But I mean, he's in the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, he's just he is a guy that lives in Africa, so he's probably gonna be black, and he wears an ape's, you know, hide. Right. It doesn't. It's not a racial thing. It's not like. It's a white guy wearing a, a cracker outfit, you know? Wow. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Like, that would be very stereotypical and racial. This is, it's just, you know, well, it'd be like, whatever. Right. Okay. See, like, to me, it, it's not a big deal, but you never know to the general public, and you never know if Marvel has to be aware of that. But, on the other hand, they did have a villain called the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a side note. Do you think that they changed that the story of the Mandarin maybe because of that and said, "Oh, well, he's not he doesn't he's not really Mandarin. He's he's British." Absolutely. You think that's one of the reasons why they did it? Yeah, because the the director said on multiple occasions, he's like that is a racist thing. Mandarin will not even be in the movie. And then he's in the movie, and now we find out why he's in the movie. Wow. I mean, it came from his mouth, not mine. Right. Right. So yeah. if if they're sensitive to that, you got to wonder if that was just the director, if that was Marvel, and then, you know, I don't even know. Is is Vin Diesel black? Is he white? Is he Hispanic? Is he Italian? And he's he very tan. He is very tan. <laughs> he's a good-looking tan man. Vin Diesel heritage. <laughs> heritage. <laughs> what is his heritage? All right. Uh, oh, Diesel has stated that he is he is of ambiguous ethnicity, with his background including Scottish, Italian, African American, and quote a lot of stuff, and that he is quote definitely a person of color. Diesel <laughs> has never met his dad. All I know from my mom is that I have connections to many different cultures. Diesel was raised by his Caucasian mother and African American stepfather. So there we go. He's a he's a little bit of everything. He's a he's a he's a plate of everything. Yeah, he's every woman. He could yeah. do. It. Good for him. Good for him. He seems like I mean he seems like what we'll all eventually, you know, breed into, the the, <laughs> the perfect the perfect male specimen. We're all gonna look like Vin Diesel. Oh, I can't wait, and neither can Jackie. He's been our wives. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not good. No, <laughs> they're going to look like <laughs> Ivan Batista. There we go. Uh, Ivan, if you're listening, shout out to your boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any more news? Any more State of the Union nonsense? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Let's go to current events. All right, current events. We're doing three issues. Count them. Three. Uno, dos, tres. Well done. What kind of heritage do you have? French. <laughs> Did I tell you about my daughter? She. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is That's great. random. This is great. Okay. So she's sitting at the dinner table, and she's, what, she's six years old? And uh... I don't know. How yeah, old is I, she? I have no idea. No, she's six years old. <clears throat> And somebody hands, she says, can I have the ketchup, please? 
and my other daughter hands her the ketchup and she says, she looks right at her face and she says, hola. That's <laughs> French for thank you. <laughs> what did you even say? She's homeschooled though, so. Yeah, who's her language teacher? <laughs> Goodness gracious. I mean, Jackie's Dutch, you know. What do I know? <laughs> what did you even say to her when she said that? Oh, I died laughing, man. She was so serious. She was so serious. Hola. That's thank you in French. <laughs> All right, we're doing uh, Age of Ultron number 10, as everybody's been dying. Then we're going to do X-Men number 2, and then Age of Ultron 10 AI. Yay. All right, let me go ahead and read my summary here. Age Vol... Anything before I start? Nope. Okay, Age of Ultron number 10. Written by Brian Michael Bendis and a slew of artists, we open a few months ago in Dr. Pym's lab. A message on his computer tells him to open his door. When he does, he finds a tablet left there by an invisible Sue Storm, probably one from the future. The tablet was has a recording of Pym from the past telling him his future, telling his future self that the worst has happened with Ultron. He then presumably tells him the shutdown code for Ultron that we saw formulated in the previous issues. We then cut to a fight between the Avengers and the Intelligentsia. I think that this is from that free comic book day issue two or three years ago, but I'm yep. not sure. It is. Okay. With some dialogue rewritten. Okay, was it also Avengers 12.1 or no? Yes. Okay. Ultron is resurrected and fighting ensues. Pym contacts Tony and uploads a program to Ultron that shuts him down. The Avengers defeat Ultron and Thor smashes him into a bazillion pieces. We then skip to the present Marvel U with Sue and Wolverine. They say some emotionally provocative words about hugging their children. And now that everything is fixed, they hug each other. But lo and behold, they have gone too far with their time-traveling and paradox-creating antics. The space-time continuum breaks like a piece of glass. We see it affects Wolverine, and I was happy to see Old Man Logan in there, so now that all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Iron Man, Marvel's cosmic characters, Pym, Marvel's extended universes, which is the MC2, Zombie, Supreme Power, and Marvel's time-traveling storylines. Everything is overlapping and breaking, and then after it shatters, everything is still. This event is explained on panel by Tony, Pym, and Beast, talking about how Wolverine went too far, and how, is, how it is going to affect the entire galaxy, if not all the universes. We then see Miles Morales of the universe 1610 running into 616 Galactus. Next, it jumps to Hen- Henry Pym coming to a revelation about how he must use his AIs for good, which is totally lame. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to space where there are a bunch of spots of floating blood, and we pan to see an angel from heaven, Angela, who is threatening those that brought her to this universe against her will. She is coming for them. Oh, and the blood is from some sort of giant severed head next to her. <laughs> the end. Yay. What do you think, man? I was so bored. <laughs> I was like, why is this even in a black bag? What is the point? We knew Angela was going to come. Right. Was the surprise that Wolverine broke time? 
Yes. Okay. Because it's very underwhelming. <laughs> Indeed. Now, when did this event take place is what I want to know. Uh, I don't... Um, I mean, lots of people have speculated online, but I don't know that we know exactly 100% for sure. I know, so I want to know what when you think. Um, I think it... I've got to get my thoughts together because I had an answer for this. Okay, well, while you're thinking about that, I want to point out that we have a bunch of um, alternate reality, time traveling, and interdimensional stuff going on in almost all the books. Um, no, that's not fair to say. Not almost all the books, but in a, in a lot of the books, there's uh, the characters are doing one of those three things. And so I wonder if... This took place before Marvel Now, and that's why we're seeing a lot of it, or it's overlapping, or are they hurting and doing more damage to the space-time continuum? I think it took place before AVX. Before AVX? There was an interview with somebody I read this week that talked about it happening before AVX. Was it with Axel Alonso? It it might have been I think that maybe that was on the comic uh, comic book con- comics continuum or whatever I go to. I don't know how the, I don't know how I can see that. <laughs> I don't know how that fits because the thing that keeps throwing me is that Nova that new series by Jeff Loeb and Emma Guinness. Um. Right now, most of that is taking place before AVX. Because the Nova that crashed in uh, AVX number one, in Infinite Comics number one, that was Sam Johnson. That was him. Yeah. And so, it's all the time is totally jumbled. But then Iron Man, Marvel Now Iron Man, the God kill, uh, Trial of the God Killer, which was the story arc before the origin of Tony Stark, they were mad at him because they, he killed the Phoenix, which was their god. I don't know, man. I, I mean, really, it, it's just hard to, to figure out, even if, if Marvel does say emphatically when this happens... There's so many glitches that you're able to find that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just it boggles my mind that they they're doing a lot of time travel. You know, Thor's time traveling, all new X-Men, uh, Uncanny X-Men. Um, soon, Superior Spider-Man is going to do time traveling. Obviously, now we're gonna have it in the Ultimate Universe. Um. There's, it's been like 15 years in Captain America, the first story arc. Did you say Uncanny X-Men too? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I mean, um, Bishop just came back in Uncanny X-Force. Uncanny X-Force, right. And are there others? I, I thought. So were... how are they going to pin it on Wolverine? Okay, this is, I thought about this. And this is the only thing I could think of. I mean, I'm sure there's... In, in all of Marvel continuity and history, it's probably happened before. But this is what I thought. You can blame it on Wolverine because he traveled back in time and then traveled back in time again to stop him traveling back in time. He created two of himself at the same time 
and then he killed himself. And so he killed the one that was uh that was supposed to return back and he couldn't return back so Wolverine could come back which created a paradox and then Wolverine went back like the one that killed him went back so to me maybe the other one should have died oh <laughs> right exactly but i mean i think that that's one of the factors that led to this whole thing breaking Oh, Wolverine and the X-Men, they were doing time traveling, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he threw a key through time or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, that just came up while you were talking about all the Wolverines. No. Yep, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Dog Logan was doing a bunch of time travel. And so here's, okay, here's this, too. So Iron Man and Pym and Beast or whatever, they all get together and they say that Wolverine broke it, right? Well, look at how Beast looks. Yes, I saw that, but I thought that was just art, an art flub. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's so many flubs, if that's what they're going to go with, because then Beast traveled through time and got the originally X-Men after this. So it just doesn't... I think ultimately it comes down to it doesn't fit in. It doesn't make sense. In But, I mean, it may, depending on how Infinity... You know, it would be okay with me if they just forgot about this whole thing. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> and fear itself. Well, fear itself was awful, but I don't think it had the ramifications that this one is supposed to have. Well, you know what I mean, yeah, no, you're right, but I mean, the uh, if they only brought Angela back in here, and that was the only thing that we really noticed besides the stuff that's going on in the 1610, the Ultimate Universe, then I could deal with it. But I mean, all the stories like they better not have. Oh, all of a sudden the Marvel Zombie universe comes over, and that in current con like the major continuity, your MC2 coming over, uh, you know. That's kind of what I thought might happen is that they might take, you know, this is opportunity to get characters like Blink and Ultimate Spider-Man and uh, you know Maestro, some of those characters, and bring them over because they're really popular, but they're not in six one six. How popular is Maestro or any of the characters that you just... I mean, Miles' Ultimate Spider-Man is very popular, but that's... I mean, how popular is Blink? I mean, they're more like fan favorites, you know? Like, I don't know anybody that doesn't think that the Maestro Hulk is really cool. How You know, he, he had all the souvenirs from all the heroes that he had killed. Since 1995, people have wanted Age of Apocalypse Blink to come back. And they got her for a little bit in the Exiles, but now she's gone and... You know, I'm just, I'm just, I don't think like, you know, the zombie universe is going to be coming over. Um, Marvel head honchos are pretty adamant about that kind of stuff. I I just don't see that coming, but I don't know. What about, um, what about the timeline that we've been building up to in uh, Avengers number four? What do you think? I mean, is this the end? Is that, this is, this is the last event and mm. I guess time was supposed to stop, but we never saw like the four horsemen and everything, right? Mm-mm. And you know what? Uncanny uh, Avengers right now has got to have some fallout from this because Kang is in charge of time pretty much. I mean, he's that's his domain, and he's got the Age of Apocalypse twins. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It, it all just seems so strange and contrived. And I see, I don't understand how it could happen before AVX, and then you have issues like Uncanny Avengers number 8 AU, you know? Mm-hmm. But then you have to look at the characters. Like, uh, I don't know. Well, see, they did say that Spider-Man was Doc Ock in, in Age of Ultron, right? Mm-hmm. Which didn't happen until after AVX. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. But then Storm has regular hair. Why, <laughs> why don't Storm and Wolverine have their costumes? That would have maybe helped us. Yeah. That Wolverine costume's terrible. Oh, it's hideous. Why does he have a hoodie? I don't know. <laughs> And then, uh, like, Emma Frost, her powers kind of work, but they don't work. So that kind of leads me to believe after Age of X. Right, right. Um, what did you think about uh, Joe Joey Q's art? Did it make a difference? Was it worth I the wait? Th- no, no. But I, I think he's a great artist. He, I really like his art, but big deal. It's Angela with the severed monster head. You know? Yeah, I don't understand why it was such a secret thing. Well, I think it was... It, I think that Angela was the big secret, is what it was. And it got leaked, and Marvel had to come out and say there's still other stuff that's a big deal. Still buy this book! Exactly. Because yeah. otherwise, numbers are down. Oh, we know Angela's coming back, who cares? So we started to sp- spend you know, $3.99 to get this book that showed that time was broken. That's not a big secret. <laughs> Time is broken. <laughs> no, it was weird. I did not like. I I didn't like how they showed it. I didn't like the art in this book. The the flip flop back and forth and everything toward the end. It just you know it wasn't that good. Um, how they showed that time continuum broke with the panes of glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how else to visualize it, but like all of a sudden the universe is made of glass. Well, how else would you have shown it? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe, maybe dividing like the Earth's, like how they, you know, how they kind of uh, explained it in New Avengers, mm-hmm. with like multiple Earths and the separate the the you know uh, deviation between them. Maybe you could. I mean, kind of like a infinite crisis or crisis on infinite earths type of thing with all the earths and then they smash together and then you know i don't know something like that but class i don't know well this is kind of like marvel's version of that and i think they wanted to stay away from it well it is kind of like marvel's version of that except instead of fixing things they broke everything (laughs) um what what in the world what am i missing here that thing is dressed up like a pirate what what is that from oh that was from an alternate story when uh, he was, like, on a pirate ship and stuff. Was that recent? No, uh-uh. it was a long time ago. Okay. That's it just... was kind of a random picture to put in. <laughs> it looks pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put him as a pirate front and center. Yeah, there were so many. Unless <clears throat> these these pictures that they picked have something, you know... There's some reason that they pick those as opposed to just some random pictures. I can only hope that there is no reason. <laughs> I do not want that. But I do know that uh, Manuel, whatever, twenty Spider-Man 2099, he's supposed to come back, right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. And then actually, I think 
Ben Riley's supposed to show up too. We got them all. Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> all right, did you have any questions? No, I think you and I both felt the same. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see Ms. Marvel again <laughs> instead of Captain Hair. Yeah, yeah, for that little panel. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Uh, the way they defeated Ultron, no secrets there. It was just, okay, well, here's what you're going to do. I thought it was interesting how pretty much it uploaded and then it had to install, which is, you know, any smartphone nowadays. <laughs> you upload and then you install. <laughs> like, if it was written 10 years ago, it would be like, uploading, okay, now we're done. Oh, wait, no, we got to install it. Jennifer <laughs> <laughs> and I watched a news clip yesterday from 1982. And they were saying how um, so far seven newspapers have put their, the text of their newspapers on the computer. And for $5 an hour, you can read the newspaper on your computer. Uh, it takes two hours to download it, and there are no pictures. <laughs> wow. It was wild. They, they would pick up their, their landline telephone, dial the number, and then put the, the headpiece down on top of the modem. Because it would call it in, uh, literally call it in, and people were just like flipping out about this. Wow, I mean, I know it's a it was it was a necessary step to get where we're supposed to be or where we are now. Yeah, it's, I mean, I was that's when I was born. It was wild to to just see that that's what where we've come from. <laughs> yeah, but think about how five dollars an hour was big money back then. Like, yeah, that's like twenty twenty five bucks now. Yeah, that's a lot. Hmm. All right, you want to do uh, X-Men 2? Yes, it would be my privilege. All right, X-Men number two. The issue begins with the Omega Sentinel having awakened and immediately attacking Beast. She sees her brother Sublime is on the grounds and hacks into the computer system, telling all staff and students to go to their safe areas as this is an emergency. Psylocke senses Jubilee being the only one in her room, even though she's holding the baby. Beast alerts Rogue to the danger of Archaea in the lab, and she comes to Hank's rescue. The battle back and forth while the other X-Ladies formulate a plan... Um, uh, sorry, I lost my spot. Scroll, um, scroll. <laughs> uh, they battle back and forth while the other X-Ladies formulate a plan as communication with Beast and Rogue is blocked. Sublime offers his help in saying the only way to defeat Archaea is to kill her, and Kitty must phase through her, thus destroying her. Kitty heads to the lab and battles Archaea. In a moment of hesitance, Archaea escapes. After a somewhat heated exchange, Jubilee convinces Storm to let her help the X-Men find Archaea. While traveling to stop Archaea, Sublime and Jubilee have a heart-to-heart -heart in which Jubilee comes to think of the baby as her son. To wrap up the issue... Kitty stays behind with the students to get everything back online at the school. Bling finds what looks to be a bomb counting down with three seconds left. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think, man? Wonderful. Five stars. Really? It, it's so good. <laughs> it, it, I, it's got a great team. The art is, is perfect. The writer is... He's nailing all the characters... With their their correct personalities, this is like reading what X Men should be. Every well, X Men title should be like this. 
I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I always, I don't like the fact that John Sublime might be, you know, coming to the good side. Um, but I do like this. It didn't have the theme necessarily of home, but it is a good uh, second issue in a three-issue arc. I like how it said it was going to be concluded. I don't need all the, you know, six-issue arcs all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I yep. thought it was good. I, I thought the art was really nice. Yeah, I like that the characters look different. That you can't. Yes. A couple times you could, but for the most, I'd say you know ninety percent of the time you can't just change their hair color and think it's somebody else. You know. I'm Psylocke looking at you, Greg over. Land. Yeah, exactly. They just look really different, and I like that the story touches enough on continuity that you you can go back and and know you know about Storm finding Jubilee in the mall in Uncanny X Men two forty four. And you can go back and, and know about Sublime coming to fruition during Grant Morrison's run. But you can also read it and not need to know all that stuff. Right, right. No, I think it's good. I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, continue picking it up. And as I was telling you before, I'm, I'm, I am drastically cutting down my books. So. Yeah, but I don't think you should. I just like to give you a hard time about it. I don't, I don't know, man. Well, see, here's, here's the good thing. Uh, with me ordering... Almost everything. I'm ordering all the 3.99 titles. So if I have time, I will go through them and, and read them. But I have to be way more selective on my 2.99 titles. So. And why is that? Well, because they don't come with codes. So I'm not buying them from a, for a purpose. I have to buy them if I like them. Yeah, I did not realize that. Oh yeah, man. Like Hawkeye does not come with a code, but I'll get that every single time. Ugh, you could skip that one. Oh, man, this last <laughs> issue, number 11, was amazing. Yeah, did you hear it's getting canceled? It is not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's actually going up in sales, which Marvel's pretty surprised about. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's one of Comixology's uh, top sellers. Oh. Yep. yep. So, yeah, X-Men 2, perfect. It, it couldn't have been any better. <clears throat> It's a glowing review there. It, it's just such a good series. And it, and it, there's no Wolverine. There's no Cyclops. You can get by on just good X-Men acting like X-Men, not you know skanking it up in Uncanny X-Force or you know breaking time. or the, it's, it's the X-Men acting like they're supposed to. You know, Rogue is back to the Ms. Marvel Rogue that everybody knew and loved. And Psylocke is the In the Shadows ninja and Storm is the leader, and Jubilee is the new kid. She, you know, she's still kind of fighting for her, her spot on the team. I would think Rachel's more the new kid. Who was there first, Jubilee or Rachel? Oh, Rachel's been there since the since the eighties. Oh, really? Yeah, she came around in issue one ninety nine. I want to say. Oh, so like fifty issues before Jubilee. Oh yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. The only thing that this issue is missing is cable. <laughs> Why would it need cable? <laughs> I think he'd be good in, with them. I don't know. He maybe Domino. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just so disappointed with that cable and cable and X Force book. Oh, I like it. I know. It's I can't I can't do it, man. <laughs> I can't do it. That one issue where Cyclops and Cable are talking. Like, Cable's pretty much like, I really don't care about what you're doing. 
<laughs> I have other more important things, Dad. You yeah. and Wolverine can go fight it out somewhere else. That's the feeling I got. I was like, yes! Go tell him what's what. Yeah, so that's good. So what are you upset about? No, that was the only issue that was good. Everything oh, else. But yeah. did you read the, not the last issue, but the issue before that with Hope um, trying to get away from the Avengers at the airport? Yeah, it doesn't stand out as memorable at all. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. Can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, to re- do your uh, issue review of the next memorable comic book. Oh, this thing! I'll just tell you right now, it's it's flat out terrible. It's awful. <laughs> okay. There's no hands down hands down about that. All right. Uh, Age of Ultron number ten, AI, written by Mark Wade and art by Andre Lima Arrojo. This book is straight up focusing on Henry Pym. It's pretty much another reinvention of the character. How many times have we seen this already? The last time was after Secret Invasion when Janet died. Uh, Starts out, Pym is sitting on the floor, shrunk down, contemplating his life, and he says he's finally lost it. We look back to when he was a child. His parents didn't understand his genius and couldn't understand why he couldn't use his gifts in a practical way. His parents had his dad's mom, or Dr. Pym's grandmother, come and teach slash babysit him. He taught, she taught him how to be an artist, not with paint or pencil, but with wires, welding torches, and chemistry sets. But soon, Pym's grandmother got sick and passed away, as with all other comic book characters that we love. They lose this mentor in their life. Losing faith in his impractical pursuits, Pym begins to create only what he is told. But he got angry and bored. This led to his science genius morphing into the technology uh, to fight crime. So when Pym says in the beginning that he's finally lost it, he means the yoke of practicality. The predefined notions of what an inventor should be. In the epilogue, the reader sees how his newfound revelation of freedom will be applied to really helping humanity and the world in the most inventive and creative way that Pym can. To be continued in Avengers AI number one. I can hardly wait. Oh, it's definitely... I'm not even going to read number one unless we do it on the show. Uh, Well, you make the uh, outline, so... (laughs) (laughs) But it's by Humphreys, man. It's not even by Mark Wade. It's going to be by Sam Humphreys, which, you know, he's writing Uncanny X-Force right now. Mm. He yeah. has single-handedly made Phantom X not interesting. Oh, he's ruined him. Yes. And he doesn't even show up that much. Yeah, but this did you read this last issue that came out Wednesday? No, the ones where they're all sitting on the couch on the cover? Oh, Read it. It will change your world. How? It is so awful. Oh. So awful. Either People have either loved the issue or hated it. Really? It'll only take you ten minutes. Okay. Well, it's coming in the mail. I'm getting my DCBS order in probably, probably tomorrow or next day. So. Good. Yeah. Ugh. Disgusting. So talk to us about this issue. Oh, man. It was just, <laughs> I mean, like, look, I, Mark Wade, uh, Christos Gage, and mm, to some extent, Kieran Gillen, they are all writers that really try to go beyond the 
just I'm going to write an action sequence and be done with it. You know, I'm going to write something meaningful. You know, and for me, it works with Paul Jenkins. It really does. I love his stuff. But with Mark Wade, I can't do it. It's just too boring. And I, you know what? When I read Mark Wade, really, I fear that's how, that's how my writing comes across. So, so it's uh, it's it's really a hard pill to swallow. Um, I understand that anybody who wants to write Henry Pym and try to make him cool and reinvent him, uh, okay, well, this is a new take on him, or he's uninhibited now, or he's turning the corner, he's turning over a new leaf. Everybody does that with him because it doesn't work. So everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to be the one that's going to do this and it's going to stick. It's, it, it doesn't work. This guy's a mess. So, I mean, right there, my faith is lost in, in the premise of this book. Mm-hmm. But the execution of it, I mean, it was good insight. It wasn't bad writing. It was just like the payoff was bad. It sounds like Marvel Editorial said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a robot team because we need another Avengers title. Uh, how are we going to arrive there? Well, it makes sense that Henry Pym would be in charge of it, and he probably feels responsible, so we're going to write that. Now, if there was a different payoff where he said, you know what, I'm not going to change my costume, I'm not going to be a different person, I'm going to live up to my potential right here in the Avengers, and I'm going to do it, I, I, I've been missing the mark, instead of, hey, here's a new way I could do it. Yeah. Uh, it may have hit home a little bit more, like... This doesn't seem like a be true to thyself thing, which the whole issue seemed to be building around that. You know what? We're going to make more robots. It doesn't <laughs> seem that doesn't seem like the logical payoff to me for be true to thyself. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. You know, I mean, he has so much other talent with with chemistry and uh, what he can do with pin particles. He doesn't ju- he's not just a robotics guy. He's not just an AI guy. So if you're going to reinvent the character, then, you know, give me something else. And the cover was really intriguing, too, you know? Like, it was kind of him breaking free, breaking out of the, the Ultron mask. and But he, that's not what he did. He's just going <laughs> to create more. more Ultrons that, you know, he can control. Yeah, the cover was very misleading. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a fantastic cover. It's just, you know. I would rather have seen him fall into deep depression about how, like, because the realization, I, I did like how Mark Wade said, okay, well, there, there's more than just two alternatives. One is Ultron takes over the world or we kill Pym. Well, the other alternative is, you know, we just don't do Ultron and then the world you know, what will the world look like? And they kind of brought that out and that was good. But, you know, yeah, let's see what the world would look like if, uh, if he started doing things other than making the same mistakes over and over again. But that just, this next series, Avengers AI just sounds like a giant mistake. Yeah. I don't, I don't really see it succeeding unless it's something that we're not seeing. I don't know how it's going to be sustained, but then again, Avengers Arena. Yeah, but but, but I guess I, I think I see some interest in Avengers Arena. I don't really see the on the message boards or, or anywhere else people clamoring for a series starring 
Ant-Man, some robots, Vision, and Doombot. Yeah, no. You know, I just don't see it, especially, you know, with like, you know, you're a good example. You know, you're not really buying the 299 titles because you're, you know, you're watching your investment. You're going to buy the and with titles at four bucks each, is Avengers AI going to be one that people are going to choose to spend four bucks on a month? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. All right, you want to go to the Tinas? Yeah. Let's do it. The Tina Awards. The Tina Awards. How many you got, man? Three. Ooh, I have three also. Awesome. You go first, though. Why do I? Why? Why me? Because I said. Oh. Oh. I'm older. <laughs> well, I suppose that's true. All right, ball. Of confusion. She actually only had to sing that on one take, so it was pretty cool. Really? Um, let's see. And you're talking about Whitney Houston, of course. Gross. Gross. These are not called the Whitney's. <laughs> the... <laughs> that's just silly. Who would name something like that? Well, that's going to be Age of Ultron. Correct? Correct. For the whole thing. <laughs> well, it's it's less the series, but what will the Marvel Universe look like after this whole mixing of universes? Gotcha. If it even counts, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope it doesn't. Yes, we really can. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I I almost buy every every big every event I buy in the trade, you know. Right. But this one I will not. There's no way I'm going to be buying this. See, there's I would not. buy this one way more. Way faster than buying Fear Itself. That's the only other one I've not bought. <laughs> yeah. I, I own all of them, but not those two. There's just no reason. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I don't think I'm familiar with this one. Have we had this one? No. Uh-uh. She only does it live. Hold on. I'm coming. You make me do so much work. <laughs> I can get it to you. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Very generous of you. Hold on to... Hold on because X-Men is going to be a, a great ride. <laughs> no. Okay. Hold on. Because Age of Ultron 10 AI is just going to lead to fantastic things with AI. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Uh, Age of Ultron 10. No. What is it? X-Men. I said X-Men. Then you said a part in X-Men. You didn't guess a specific title yet. You... It's in the X-Men title. X-Men, good. So I had it the first time. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
<laughs> Jason Edwards. Write that down. I had that. I got that point. You didn't get the point. I you did. Oh, okay. So what part of X Men? You haven't even come up with it yet. Hold on to. Mm, hold on. Oh, it could be three different things. I'm thinking. Hold on to the baby. No, Jason Edwards. Please scratch that point. Wait, 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 wait! I get a chance at half point. You've had two guesses. Hold on to. Hold on, it's gonna get better. Hold on to the baby. Both <laughs> those are wrong. Hold on. To... No, it's gonna get better. It's gonna be a wild ride. Okay. I didn't say it was bad. Uh, hold on yeah. to you know. Uh, don't let Arkea take over Karima. No. So hold on. Okay. No. Hold no. on to the characters because you're doing such a good job. Don't let them go. You got it. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I even had two choices. It could be. It could be Rogue saving Beast because he called her and he just needed to wait till she got there, or Jubilee going to Storm and saying, "Hold on till I want to go too." This game sucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Overnight sensation. Overnight sensation, one of my favorites. Oh, that's a hot, tough one. Would that be um, the uh, Hank Pym story? Yes. What about it? Um, how he quickly was able to fix stuff and become an overnight sensation <laughs> no. <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> no. Uh, because the team he's assembling, they're just going to be an overnight sensation. We don't really know about them. Sort of. Sort of. Like, oh, watch out. Now Hank Pym's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, not really. It's, uh, he's not going to be overnight sensation, but that's how they're making it out to be. No, oh, you hated him before. You know, when they reinvented him during Mighty Avengers, they tried to do that, too. Yep. Yep. Wasn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. During, I think, Slot's run on that. Mm -hmm. Where he was like, oh, now he is the, not the Sorcerer Supreme, the Engineer Supreme. Mm -hmm. Oh, so dumb. Just kill this guy. Just kill him. Of all (laughs) the characters to kill. You know? Well, he's got a movie coming out. I thought Scott Lang was going to be Ant-Man. I don't know. Maybe they're both going to be in it. You know what? They should just kill this guy and make it Scott Lang. <laughs> they should kill it and make him Wolverine. Yes. Wolverine should be Ant-Man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your next one? Help.
Uh, Age of Ultron 10, because everything's in disarray and they need help and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Bad things are going to happen because we broke it. Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, now I'm wishing I didn't go into so much detail on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Age of Ultron 10 AI. Yeah. Because now, instead of being an idiot, he's going to help people. Um, not real. no. Okay. I, then I don't know. Oh, he just wanted to help his grandma. <laughs> and so, because she didn't stick her finger in the machine and get all the sick out, and he, he broke it. I know. It was kind of sad. That was like the only good part of that issue. Oh, that was dumb, man. That wasn't heartfelt at all. Oh, I was connected. Were you really? Yeah. Wow, that makes it more oh, real for me. Because the, the grandma, she's like the only one that lets him be himself. And then she kicks the bucket. Yeah, but he... what would have happened when she stuck her finger in there and she was still sick? No, that it's just that she died. He wanted to help her. Oh. I'm not saying he should have been. I thought it was pretty cliche. <laughs> it was, but still. <laughs> All right, uh, the woman I'm supposed to be. That's gonna be for X Men. Right, right. Don't read too much into this. And is that gonna be Omega Sentinel being Archaea? Yes. Well done, because she's not the woman she's supposed to be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, <it's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. <laughs> um, see, for this last one, I had two different songs picked for it. So we'll do uh, Funny How Time Slips Away. gonna go with age of ultron 10 <laughs> very good okay all right and it's just the whole time thing yeah okay all right is either that one or out of time oh right. the same thing yeah yeah there is like both of them had time in the title <laughs> <laughs> fun time oh, age of ultron 10 yep all right well we're gonna wrap it up Thank you, all of you, for listening. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your voicemails. Um, email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com. Or uh, follow us on Twitter, at 616politics. You can look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And we're going to be having a contest soon. Uh, you can also give us a call and ask a question or leave a message at uh, 616-755-TINA. And, of course, our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service. Order all your single issues. Uh, you can pre-order them two months in advance, and that allows you to get 35 to 40 to 50% off all your titles. Um, shipping is a flat 
625. Um, and if you go to in stock trades, anything over $50 is free shipping. Uh, they're great over there and the books come in mint near mint condition. They're nice. Very nice. Is that it? That's all you're going to say? They are nice. They're very nice comics. What what else do you want me to say? How great the comics are. I thought you were going to go to CRP Savings. I am, but I wanted to say how nice the comics were first. Oh, they're nice people, too. They're nice people. They're nice comics. They're nice-looking people and nice-looking comics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our other sponsor is Community Retail Partnership, crpsavings.com. They will save you up to 40% on some of your favorite items from Office Depot. Uh, Look them up. They're on Facebook as well. And they've got a Groupon coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we get the Groupon link, we'll send it out. Um, Also, go to comiccodes.com. Sign up if you buy your single issues and you want to try some other titles. Take that digital code, put it in there, and then uh, swap it out. It's uh, 5 bucks a month for the library. But that, you know, if you do two codes a month, um, then you've already made $3 or saved $3 instead of buying four issues. So uh, uh, that's that's about it for tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. Politics. <laughs>